Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. Here we go. Uh, we are in a series called It's Good News. Say it's good news. All right. You know, there's no better news than the good news. Let me say it again. There's no better news than the good news because it has the power to save and transform anyone like I said, not my personality, not my ability, but it's the good news that does that. Here's the verse, our staple verse, Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. And God wants to get the good news flowing through you and me because I believe there are many, many people right now waiting to hear this good news. I believe it. The Bible says the harvest is ready, but the labors are few. So when we think about the good news, really it's, it's what Jesus has done in your life, your testimony, your personal experience with God, and then bringing that into people's lives. It's really simple, Right? And we've been talking about it for a few weeks, just giving us a, 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 a really an intro to this message series. Because deep down, every person who's separated from God is living in some level of emptiness and frustration, a never-ending inner tension and turmoil. They may not tell you, but it's true. That's where we come in. That's where the gospel comes in. And I believe we are on the verge, like I've said before previously, and Emily said it and other people are saying it, that, that we are on the verge of an unprecedented outpouring of the good news. And God has chosen us in this time to be a part of it. It's awesome. So let me start by saying this regarding the good news. In order to be convincing, we need to be convinced, Right? And I believe there's a pathway to becoming convinced or confident in the good news. And I want to lead us there today. Remember, Jesus wants everyone to experience the good news. Everyone. He wants everyone to know him. He wants everyone to know what he's done for them. He wants everyone to know what he can do and will do. God's desire to reach everyone. Yes, even that person that you butt heads with. Even that person that rubs you the wrong way. He doesn't want anyone to miss out. 2 Peter 3, 9, here's our proof. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient. That's why that word came out today. See, we're in the middle of something and we just need to be patient. Say patient. No one likes patience, right? We, we, we want to we wanna go from A to B tomorrow. We want the Red Sea to open up today for the situation we're going through. But that's not how God works. Like I said before, God is really, he is more concerned about what he wants to do in you before he does something for you. Amen. I don't like to say amen with that because I, I want God to do for me right now instead of doing in me. But listen, he wants none to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. I love that. And that's where we come in, messengers, carriers of the good news to tell everyone who will listen, Jesus is here to save the day. Jesus is here to rescue you. Now, I'm a big Star Wars fan. I'm not ashamed of it. 
Not a Star Trek fan. That's different. Star Wars. Way better. A few years ago, all of the new Star Trek movies are fantastic. Um, I, I, was, I was watching um, one of the movies uh, called Rogue One uh, a couple years ago. And this phrase stood out to me. The phrase was, congratulations, you've been rescued Please do not resist. Now think about that. Congratulations, you've been rescued. Please do not resist. And that phrase stood out to me. Uh, and I think it's a perfect introduction to the good news. When I heard it, I immediately thought of the gospel. So let me show you the clip, but I'm going to set it up first. We do have that, right? I'm going to set it up first. Um, and, and so the, 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 the character's Jin Urso, the main character, has been living as a captive. Her dad, a scientist, forced, was forced into the service of the evil empire against his will. When he's captured, tragically, his wife is killed, but their young daughter, Jin, escapes and hides in a bunker. Years go on, and she's been living with this pain. She's living with anger and a determination for revenge inside, but she's trapped, held captive by the imperial army. But the rebel alliance, the good guys, are on their way to rescue. Here's the short clip. I want to show you this for a moment. Uh, it's only about 12 or 14 seconds long. You are being rescued. Please do not resist. Anyway, I know there's a little bit of a action there. Um, but uh, the, the truth is, um, th there's so much truth to that. Now, now Jen, living in, in bondage, now she doesn't even recognize those who are trying to rescue her. And, and that's the way it is with the Gospels, that we come into their lives and many times they don't recognize the goodness of God, but that's where we come in. So in other words, be patient. Be patient with, um, with, with people as we're, as we're going, getting into their lives because more than likely, if they've been living trapped for so long, they just don't know it. And again, that's where we come in to, 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 to share this story of congratulations, you've been rescued, please do not resist, that's good news. Great intro for the good news, by the way. Because everyone who does not know God is actually trapped by a wicked enemy who has one mission, to oppress and to kill and to steal, to, to destroy. That's what that mission of the enemy is, John 10.10. 10. The thief has only one thing in mind, he wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I've come, Jesus said, to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. Clearly, we have an enemy that wants to harm us. But clearly, we have a Savior who wants to help us. Right? Yeah, I was talking with a, with a guy, I met, met a guy for the first time yesterday and um, goes to a church here in Michigan, I'm not going to say the church, but, uh, but, he, but he, he's been there for 25 years and, um, and he was just kind of confessing something to me in, that, that, you know, in his church, um, they only 
they only share a message about the good news maybe once. There, there's never a chance for people to, to receive Jesus. And, you know, and, and I said, oh, that, that's concerning. Um, you should be concerned. He loves his church. And, and I'm, there's no judgment, but I, but I said, yes, we need to pray that, that the good news, the gospel is being, being preached in our churches because we live in a day and age where, where uh, we need evangelism in the pews. You guys hear what I'm saying? Because there are many people who've been born and raised in the church, but they don't really know how to receive Jesus Christ into their hearts. A very simple prayer. It's just the way it is, you guys. Sometimes people just sit in church. They don't know why they're in church. They don't realize they're trapped. But clearly there's an enemy that wants to keep us oppressed. But we have a Savior who wants to help every single time. He wants to take care of everything that we need. That's good news. So if you want to start sharing the gospel with family, friends, you can start with this. Congratulations. You've been rescued. Please do not resist. (laughs) And that's what God wants to get to us in order to get it in us, in order to get it through us. That's the good news. So that no one perishes, no one is left alone, that everyone hears it, and everyone knows that God loves them. So in order for that to happen, congratulations, you've been rescued. It's time to go to work. That's for us, right? It's time to go to work. Yes, this message is the beginning of we are now moving into our mission field. I gave you a couple weeks of intro talking about the good news, but to now, to we are now moving into our mission field. In other words, we want to get the good news from here to there, our world. We want to get it from our head to our heart to our our sphere of influence. Because truthfully, listen, the church is where you are. The church is where you are. This is great. I love this. I love meeting. We need this. This is so important to God, but this is one moment on a Sunday. This is just to train us and encourage us and teach us that Tonight, Monday morning, guess what? Mission field. And the church is now where you are, wherever you're at. I love that. So let me help with that. Let's start right here. This, this is going to be my first point, but I'm going to take a little time here because I think it's important. See, it's only good news when it's good news to you. Say to you. That's an that's a important phrase. Good news to you. First, um, you. first, let me say this. You, I, we are such a critical part of God's plan. God will work through you to connect with those that only you can connect with. Those you are called to. But here's the truth. You had to hear the good news for yourself first, right? Obviously, there must have been a time when you met the good news face to face. When you recognized your need for a Savior. I did. There came a time when you got sick and tired of all the other news. As a matter of fact, there's a good chance you are here today because you were faced with a problem. And that problem brought you face to face with a decision. Do I run from my problem or do I run to my Savior? Right? It's the way it goes. And more than likely, there was someone, a literal face of the good news, someone who had been living with it, someone who had been experiencing God, walking with Jesus, and you noticed it. And you responded to it. And you are here today. That's why you are so important. You heard the good news. God changed you. And now you're here. 
And now you are a messenger of the good news. Now you are the light of the world. And let me tell you something. People are taking notice. <laughs> even, if you don't, even if you don't see it, even if you don't feel it, people are taking notice. As I look back in my life, there's, there, there's a long line of people that God had positioned in my life throughout the years, and the same for you. Just take a moment sometime and think back uh, that, that, that there was a seemingly random good news moment that stood out, a person who stood out, who ended up sharing the good news or just displaying the love of Christ to you. God met you through them. Amen? Let me show you someone just like you and I who was faced with the good news and responded to it and changed the world because, because this, today this message is the church doing something about the good news. Not just listening to a, a message. It's great to hear the good news, but it means so much more when you put it into action. Faith without works or faith without action is dead. But we're going to start slow, but we're going to start very effective because there's something that God wants us to do first. But let me show you someone who, just like you and I, who was faced with the good news, responded to it, and literally changed the world. Do you realize that even the next person that you might be talking to about Jesus could be the next Billy Graham, could be the next great, could be a Joyce Meyer, could be the Esther, could be the person, you don't know that they are, could be the person that's going to reach thousands, even millions of people. So the, the guy's name is Saul or Paul. He had both, we know him by both names. Saul was his name before he knew Christ and Paul was his name after Christ or he had both names, whatever the, whatever the point, but there's a significance with those names. Not gonna get into that today, but Paul wrote two-thirds, listen, of all the books of the New Testament. That's significant. He wrote the a huge chunk of the New Testament. One guy. Well, Saul was a prodigy. He was on the fast track to becoming one of the most highly esteemed, most powerful men in the country and in his religion. He had all the credentials. He spoke three languages. He had a thriving business. He had above average intelligence. He attended the right schools. He came from the right family, and he had a religious zealous about him, but he was lost. He was separated from God. And he had quite the shady past, to say the least. Many theologians believe that Paul, before he knew Jesus, persecuted, jailed, and even killed more Christians than Joseph Stalin himself. Stalin persecuted millions. So it's true that Paul had more than a shady past. But God loved Paul so much that God brought the good news right to his front door on a regular basis and it probably drove him insane. I can relate. When my brother got saved, especially my mom, oh my goodness, I heard it. I didn't know the Lord, but I heard it. I started hearing the gospel. And when coming from a German, German lady, oh man, it was whoop, right in your face. There was, there was, she, was, she was just right in your face. Like I said, there's, there's, there's no tougher rock than German granite. You can't break it. So she came in really fast and strong, and she would tell me, you know, you're living this way and that way. It's wrong. I'm, I'm like, Mom! But eventually broke me down. Still the good news, right? Good news, I was lost. So Paul was confronted continuously with these followers of Jesus, right? He witnessed the love in their eyes, 
and the love in their speech and the authentic love in their actions. Here's one powerful example. I think this is such a, I think about this often, but here it is. One day, Saul is around and, and he heard this truth from a bold follower of Jesus. He hears the good news from a guy named Stephen. Or if you're, in, if you're a famous basketball player, Stephen. Don't call Steph Curry Stephen. It's Stephen. Anyways, uh, Acts 7, 53, you're like, what's he talking about? Don't worry about it. Acts 7, this happens a lot from this pulpit. I warn you that today, I apologize for the whole year. Acts 7, 53, you have been given the law. So Stephen says, hey, everyone, you've been given the law by the visitation of angels, but you have not obeyed. It sounds like my mom right there. When they heard these things, listen, those people, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, when they were overtaken with violent rage filling their souls, and they gnashed their teeth at him. Wow, check that out. But Stephen, overtaken with faith, was full of the Holy Spirit. He fixed his gaze into the heavenly realm and saw the glory and splendor of God and Jesus who stood up at the right hand of God. Wow. Look, Stephen said, I can see heavens, the heavens opening and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God to welcome me home. Remember, Paul is watching, Saul is watching this whole thing unfold. His accusers covered their ears with their hands and screamed at the top of their lungs. Man, they need some deliverance to drown out the voice. Then they pounced on him and threw Stephen outside the city walls to stone him. His accusers, one by one, placed their outer garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. There he is of Tarsus. As they hurled stone after stone at him, Stephen prayed. Oh, listen to this. Stephen prayed, oh, Lord Jesus, accept my spirit into your presence. He crumpled to the knee, his knees and shouted in a loud voice, Our Lord, don't hold this sin against them. And he died. <laughs> oh my goodness. Did you hear that? If that ain't the good news, that's amazing. Now, Saul, verse 8, verse 1. Now Saul, uh, dis, now Saul agreed to be an accomplice to Stephen Stone. Look at that. And Saul, remember, this is the guy that wrote two-thirds of all the books of the New Testament. This is the guy that changed millions and millions and still does millions of lives for Jesus today. This is the guy. Stephen Stoney participated in his execution. From that day on, a great persecution of the church in Jerusalem began. All the believers scattered into the countryside of Jay and among the uh, Samaritans, except the apostles who remained behind in Jerusalem. God-fearing men gave Stephen proper burial and mourned greatly over his death. The point of this story is Saul came face to face with the good news, with Stephen's last words. Our Lord, don't hold this sin against them. Man, if that isn't supernatural, I don't know what it is. Because I don't know about you, if that happens to me, I'm like, bring the lightning, open up the earth and swallow them, bring fire from heaven. By the way, those are all Old Testament ways of how God handled the enemy before. <laughs> but not today. Like I said, it's, this is the hard, 2021 is hard because we got to love and love and love and forgive and forgive and forgive. We got to keep doing all that. So that's hard. It's easy to say, Lord, just swallow up, swallow them up right now. Let's move on. 
I got stuff I got to do. But now, God does it in a different way. Love, forgiveness, mercy, kindness. These, my friends, are the weapons against our enemy. Even the phrase, oh Lord, don't hold the sin against them. I also believe that this was the prayer for Paul, for Paul, from many, many, many Christians who were watching all this stuff unfold, not just that day, but throughout their life. I believe, you know why? Because Jesus taught it. He said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So they were, I guarantee there were some of them putting that in action. They could have never believed that this guy would one day change the world. Remember Jesus' last words on the cross? Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. And I say, yes, they do. Look at them. They know exactly what they're doing. No, they don't. Because here's the truth. People really don't know what they're doing. Because here's what you need to know about the good news. You know, people say that, that, that everyone goes to heaven. Man, do I wish that would, I, I so wish that everyone would go to heaven. But then you wouldn't need a savior. You just wouldn't need someone to die, right, for us. He, he died for us so that he would save us from eternal destruction. That's the good news. Jesus did that. So I don't believe, I would love for everyone to go to heaven. God desires it, but that's just not the truth, right? Then I'll tell you this, that you would not want your worst enemy to go there. To hell, right? Because, because it's, it's, not, it's not weeping and gnashing of teeth. It is complete separation from the presence and love of God. That's why even the one that you butt heads with, even the one that's a thorn in your flesh, oh my goodness, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. So the good news came to, to Paul. And by the way, this is the challenge this week. I'll say it a few times, and you're going you're gonna to wake up with my face Monday morning, by the way. A little video. I know my face will wake you up in the morning. It's okay. And it's just going to be this. Make a list of five people this week. Five people that need Jesus. Five people. And you're going to pray every single day, morning and night if you can. Every day you're going to pray for these people. And this is how we're going to start. Jesus said, pray. That the, pray that the Holy Spirit gets laborers, gets helpers to come and, 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 and reach people, right? So that's where we're going to start first. See, the good news came to you. The good news needs to come to them. We can't sit here in church behind our four walls and just listen to a message. We got to go do some work. So now Paul hears it firsthand, and oh Lord, don't hold this sin against him. And I believe it troubles him deeply in the days and weeks ahead because this is how it ends. He is on his way once again to persecute followers of Jesus, but this time is different. Acts 9, 3 through 5. As he, Paul, was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven 
suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice was, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. By the way, there's only one way to heaven. It's not through Muhammad. It's not through Buddha. It's not through Joseph Smith. It's not through anybody but Jesus. Jesus, that's it. Jesus, that's it. Only one door. Thank you, God, that you made it simple for us. <laughs> not many doors, not a hundred doors, not a thousand doors. One. The light bulb came on that day. How did that happen? I know how it happened. Like I said before, people praying for Paul. Jesus already taught them how to do that, so they did it. Love your enemies. Pray for those who are persecuting you. They were praying for salvation. They were praying for the good news to meet him face to face, and it did. And I'll never forget, you know, when, when my dad, um, you know, lived without Jesus pretty much his whole life, and, and uh, you know, through circumstances, we, we reconnected. We were pretty much estranged the, the whole time, um, never really close in any way. And, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, I was praying for him, by the way. I was just saying, Lord, meet him. And there are times when I got very creative. I said, Lord, I don't know how you can meet my dad, but, but I, I can't do it. Like, I, like he knows me, but he, for some reason he's not really seeing, maybe he is seeing the change. I, I shouldn't say that. I bet she was seeing the change. I bet she was being, uh, being, uh, um, you know, the good news is coming at him right through me. But, but there had to be someone else. And this is so important that when you pray this week, right, he may not use you to bring the good news, but he'll bring someone else. Because I prayed for my dad. I said, Lord, come on, get creative. And so I would close my eyes and said, Lord, I see someone, not me, but somebody else meeting my dad. And, and guess where that person meet my dad? He met him at a bar. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Jesus will go anywhere. <laughs> He'll go anywhere. So I prayed, and, and guess, he met a Christian. At, at, it wasn't at a bar. It was, it was sitting at a bar. My dad was, was having a Coke, and this guy was having a root beer, okay? And they're just sitting there. But it was there. It was sitting together. By the way, just never limit Jesus on where he can go. Oh, man, yeah, he'll go anywhere. He went straight down to hell, right? He went to that deep place. He'll go anywhere. There's no place he won't go. I love that about him. It was there that my dad was confronted with the good news from a guy that was sent to him, I believe, through my prayer. How do you like that? Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. I love that. So my dad, obviously, I've said before, he's not here. He died of um, throat cancer. He smoked two packs a day, and they, that, they correlated with that. It was pretty obvious. It was a horrible ending. But the truth is, I didn't realize somebody was preaching the gospel to him behind the scenes until one day, he, I went over to his house and we went to pray for him and encourage him. He, he went like this. He could barely speak. Said, yeah, what do you need? He goes, come here, come here, come here. Come here. I went, what, what's up? He goes, today I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I went, oh, 
I didn't lead him through that prayer, but I prayed that someone else would, and God did it. Don't you love that? My dad's in heaven. And he was doing that with me. When I was sitting in places I maybe shouldn't have been before I knew Jesus. But you know what was tapping on my shoulder? God, what you doing here, Dan? Like I said before, I want to call my mom and say, Mom, quit praying for me because I can't have any fun. I can't have any fun in life because I know you're praying for me to stop it. <laughs> but I'm glad she didn't stop because God met me with people along the way, strategically placed them in my life so that I would come face to face with the good news. And Saul was confronted with the good news and responded in human standards, he should have been struck down by lightning, consumed by a bear, eaten by a lion. But he wasn't because God had mercy. God's mercy is for everyone, no matter what they've done. The good news is for us all. Came face to face with God. Face to face with the good news. That's what we need to pray. See, what you maybe, if you never watched a Star Wars movie, what you didn't realize was Jin Erso had a destiny. She would deliver the one secret to destroying the Imperial superweapon called the Death Star. Remember that? And then later on, it was Luke who, stay on target, use the force, Luke. He dropped that bomb in there and blew up the Death Star. But she, she had the, she had the, she knew where it was. And so she would deliver that to the good guys and to bring freedom to everyone who wanted it. That sounds like Jesus to me. His destiny, her destiny, your destiny, Paul's destiny, all has one mission, to seek and save those who are lost. That's it. To rescue and I believe enough good news spread will almost be impossible to turn down or reject because eventually God knows how to break down even the hardest heart, even the worst of sinners. And that, my friends, is good news. That's why we're going to pray this week and we're going to believe that God is going to move in so many different ways in those people's lives because if we don't pray, not much happens. But when we pray, come on. It's only good news when it's good news to you. And I'm, I'm just a couple quick things we'll be done. It's only good news, listen, when it's good news in you. So we're all confronted with the good news, but then it's got to get in, right? And this is the pathway to be convinced. Getting the good news from here to here. Into our heart. That's the born again moment. That's when you or they or we step into a whole new world, literally new kingdom, new eyes, new ears. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. It's only good news when it's good news in you because now it's your good news. You own it. They own it. We can say it this way. It's not about what we've been told it's what we hold. In our case, it's who we hold, right? It's not about, you can hear something all you want, right? But it's until you get it inside and say, Lord, I receive you, Jesus. I, I, I want you in my life. That's when the great things happen. 
1 John 1, 1 through 2 says, We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we've heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. Look at that. Come on. The good news has come to you today. (laughs) To you. Is it in you? Is it in you? Is he in you? Because when he's in you, oh man, that's when things change. Right, Steve? That's when things change. That's when everything changes right there. When all of a sudden the good news gets in you and then Jesus just starts spilling out everywhere you go. That verse I just read you is interesting because, let me say this, they're saying, I can't believe what we've heard with our own ears. It's astounding what we've witnessed with our own eyes. We've held Jesus close. We've touched him. By the way, what I just read to you was written 50 to 60 years after the resurrection. 50 to 60 years after Jesus went to be with the Father. He wasn't physically there, but look at this. John is writing this in his 70s and 80s. It was not only fresh in his memory, but it was still a fire in his heart. That's why if you ever get around John and Karen Grenat, just calling you out. These these two, fresh and they're on fire. (laughs) I mean, they've been around a while, right? They're still young, but let me tell you something. There's a fire in their hearts. And many of you here, Buzz, same thing, Linda, fire in their hearts. You know, man, they, you, you, you can't, it's so fresh to them. They can go back 20, 30, 40 years. They can go back and see the hand of God. They, they, they can touch and feel and experience what Jesus did for them just like it was yesterday. Woo! Amen. Sometimes God gets patty cake. That's good. And sometimes it's a raucous. Come on, give it up. It's a, it's a, it's a, we got to thank Jesus for what he did. Here's what I know about Jesus. Healthy relationships grow over time. They don't get stale. They come alive. How? Because the good news is now in us. And by the way, let me just encourage you, for those of you who have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can't get him out of you if you tried. You can't take him away. He's not leaving. He's not leaving you. Oh, you may have some down days. You may have some days where you're you're not feeling, feeling, but I'll tell you something. He ain't leaving you. (laughs) I love it. You can't just take him out. If you tried, he's with you wherever you go. So, so what does that mean? That just means that, listen, you got the good news in you, cultivate it. I, I encourage you today, if, you're, if your family, if you got kids around, sit down at a dinner table and start having a conversation about the good news. Start having a conversation about the goodness of God, what He's done, who He is. I'm telling you right now, get the good news flowing in your hearts. Get it stirred up in you and your family. Because if you stay ready, you won't have to get ready. Do you hear that? If you stay ready, so remember the, tw- the 10 virgins? They were like, they're scrambling. Oh, we got to get ready. No, there was five. They're already ready. They're, 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 they're good. They had their own oil. They had their own relationship. They had the good news flowing in their lives. 
Father, live in the present. Enjoy it. And lastly, good news to you, good news in you, and good news through you. And this is going to be our prayer this week, my friends. We're the messengers. This is our job. So, is there good news in your heart? Not your parents, not your friends, not your spouse. Why let them have all the fun? You need to go get it. And this is how we're going to end. Watching online, we love you. Here, we love you. This is the good news. If you've never received Jesus into your, into your life, and you'll know it, because you'll feel the peace of God. You'll feel his comfort. You'll feel the power of God working in you, right? If you've never really received Jesus in your heart, now, now's the time. Can we just pray together online? And, and, and it's a simple prayer from your heart. Would you bow your heads for a moment? Remember, when I pray these prayers, I'm actually teaching you how to pray and lead others to the Lord, just to let you know. This is, this is just really a teaching moment too. Simple prayer, pray this from your heart. Matter of fact, put your hand over your heart if you would. <clears throat> and say, Jesus, come into my heart. I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna follow you. Lord, today, I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. And I believe that you, God, now live in me. So I give you permission to come out and spread the good news, helping people heal, serving people, loving people, forgiving people. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.